0: Hey, this is Laura Whitmore with the She Rocks Podcast, and I'm here today with Kathy Valentine. Hey, Kathy, how are you? I'm good. Hey, how are you? You're good now that you had your vitamins, right? (laughs) I am.
1: It's like... Oh, my God, there's so many of them now. The older you get, the more supplements you need.
0: Hey, I'm so with you. And, and even even stuff I've taken for years, some days I still forget to take. So I don't oh, know. Oh, I
1: can't possibly
0: take it. I have to, like, split it up. Like, okay, today I'll do the magnesium
1: <laughs> and the this and the that. It's uh, it's not cheap getting old, but it's cheaper than being at the doctor.
0: It's better than the alternative, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about your your new memoir, All I Ever Wanted. I mean, how does it feel to like put that out into the world? It feels like really great because I feel like people are just kind of starting to know who I
1: am. Uh, outside of my world you know like in the world at large i've always been kind of the 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 chick in the band not the star not the front person very active very you know as a band member i'm always you know super engaged i'm the one that's sitting in the studio all the time when we record and and you know working on arrangements and parts and no, I'm, it's not like I'm a passive band member, but I'm never really out there like the yeah, front person yeah. is, or the like. That wasn't my thing. And more about being a musician than being a star. So it's it's really new and exciting to be, in a sense, the front person of my own life.
0: That is pretty cool, and uh, probably a shift in focus that's been a long time coming for you.
1: I think so. I think that. Um, it all just fell together. I mean, I had been wanting to write because I felt like I could write. And I, I, it just seemed like a natural extension from as a songwriter and a and a performer and a musician for me. And I probably would have been an English major and a writer if I hadn't gone to music. So I always felt the pull, but I think when, it, when it occurred to me to write a memoir, which I, I'm sure you're going to ask why I did a memoir but I I went that direction because number one I don't feel like there's enough I don't think there can be enough stories of women in music players Mm -hmm. musicians Mm -hmm. who have gotten their stories out there where where music is such a central part of our lives and um, I felt like I had a compelling story you know to tell and so anyway
0: Well, I I totally agree with you. And also, you know, they say, write what you know, right? So there's a good place to get started in that world. Yeah, it's like nobody can compete with me on that story. That's right. You got the best point of view for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was going to ask you this question, um, you know, from a, I was thinking about this from a women's perspective, like the Go-Go's had a lot of firsts as female musicians. Like, did you understand what was happening at the time when that was, as you were in it? That you were um, pioneering.
1: Well, yeah. well, yeah, but but we were also pretty much very in the moment about what was happening, and you know, it it was very all all encompassing. So, you know, it's not like you consciously sat around and went, "Oh, we're the I'm, we're the first to this or that," or it just felt like you know doing something with your friends that you're all very like minded and you're all very driven and passionate when you just get in that situation where you are a part of a group where everybody's kind of got the same goal, it creates an energy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is, that is hard to, um, hard to conjure up, you know, it kind of happens organically. So I think, I don't think we spent a lot of, I don't recall ever like talking about it or thinking Mm -hmm. about it consciously. Um, but it felt, it just felt very exciting just to be, for me succeeding and achieving what had been my dream since I, you know, first saw Susie Quattro on TV in England. That had been my dream. And then, and I was 15 when I saw her. So like seven years later, I'm in New York making a, a, an album that would end up being a a seminal album. So. Yeah. At that age, at that age, you know, that's, that seems like a long time I mean like I felt like when I met the go-go's i had been playing for five years so I felt like okay I'm it's time you know I've yeah. been working with this <laughs> you know it's a quarter of your life at 21 years old Right. Almost,
0: so time to go let's do it buckstar <laughs> um yeah that's so in- interesting and um you know it's so funny that you mentioned Susie Quacho I just talked to Cherique Curry the other day and I guess Susie really influenced a lot of female musicians during that time.
1: Well, Hmm. when I really became aware of it was when I went to England in 77 and played with a band there. And there were so many girls my age, teenage girls that were in bands and playing. And I looking back, I'm like, well, of course, because they had someone on TV that they saw and yeah. in the charts that they saw. Whereas in America, Susie hadn't broken through. She wasn't a star. Nobody knew who she was. So she was on Happy Days in America. So all we didn't have uh, the female rock stars to look up to. And, and when I was in Austin, you know, I had to like Twist my friend's arms. You're going to be in a band. You're going to play music. You're going to play drums (laughs) because it just didn't occur to people. And I was blown away when I was in England at '77. Like I was like, my God, there's so many musicians.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting too because I feel like it's still taken till maybe even now for it to be more accepted and a lot more girls and women getting involved in making their own music and it not being as much of a thing that there's a girl in the band, you know, Um, that's a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, change, change is very, very slow. And it's still not where I'd like to see it. I mean, I've been talking about this a lot and, you know, I still haven't seen that many female bands that stick together and stay with it a long time and get to the kind of longevity and, career bands that yeah, put out yeah. you know 10 15 albums you know whereas over the last 40 years since the Go-Go's were big there's been you know hundreds of men bands that have yeah, done that yeah. you know I from Train to Green Day to Foo Fighters you know there's just just it's been countless and you know I I have thought about that and questioned it and wondered about it and You know, as I think about it and talk about it with different people, there's some things have become clear that we do have a disadvantage in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are in in high school or college and start a band and it's and it's a lot of fun. But then as your life, maybe maybe you get, you know, maybe you get with a partner and, and decide to have a family or something and you're 25 or 30. Yeah. You know, yeah. what does a woman do? A guy right. does that and then he just goes on his merry way and goes yeah. in his band and goes on tour. And if you're not a successful professional musician as a woman, you can't really do that. You you can't afford a nanny and a, your own tour bus and all right. that stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure there's, to... a, there's a lot of barriers for women, I think. I mean, I even was talking to somebody, and they were like, oh, you know, this band didn't want me to join because they didn't want me to have to have like my own room or whatever. If there was, yeah, you know, the rest of the band were guys, you know, it's like all these subtle little things that you're like, oh, that's another barrier, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I... um, kind of back to your book, I love that you did a soundtrack. Go with that. Did you think of that from the beginning when you? No, mentioned? no, I didn't
1: think of it from the beginning. I, I, I had a couple of uh, aha moments. Uh, one was, uh, one was that how can I stand out? How can how can I do something that makes my book different than other people's books? Um, and I thought, well, gosh, I can do this. And I, I kind of thought at the time it would be more of a, of a interesting. that people would be like oh but you know a lot of people don't even know that there's a soundtrack but then the main thing after that original idea was that I just wanted I for one thing I was dying to do music I'd been so focused on the book for almost three years and I was really missing playing and and writing and recording and stuff I love working in my home studio so I just thought man I've got an entire book to draw on and songwriting for me when I'm not writing for a band that I'm in for me personally, it's always been a therapy, like how I process what's going on in my life. And, and I had gone so deep with my book that there just, it felt like I need to do this musically too. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. It was really, uh, gosh, it was exhilarating for a couple of reasons because I didn't have to, I wasn't in a band. I didn't have to like go, oh, what do you think of this yeah. idea? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or do you like, oh, do you guys like this? No, we don't like it. Uh, okay. So like anything I wanted to try, I could do. Any part I wanted to play, any style, stylistically, it's really diverse, which is fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to really force myself to. I mean, I was creating beats like I'd never done before, like really, you know, trying to make it modern and fresh. And I worked, I found a producer that I worked with in New York named Michael Rouse, and he was really um, had a very universal knowledge of music and helped me keep it very fresh and modern sounding so that my beats. Uh, even though I would chop them up and create things, he made sure that they didn't sound so canned or, or that they sounded fresh and modern, basically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was awesome. I I just love the soundtrack. And the thing I had been challenged with now is because I was just putting them together in, this, in my home studio. They're fairly produced and trying to strip them back down because I didn't write them with just me. Sit, before, I might sit down with a guitar and write a song. Yeah but these I didn't, I'd sit down maybe with a riff or maybe a beat and then I'd start doing a bass groove. And then I, and I never knew what was going to come next or how I was going to build the track. So I have to go backwards now that I've got these tracks and go, okay, how would I just sit down with a, a guitar and do this? Mm-hmm. Like if I'd written that way. So, cause then I want to go out and do some public stuff with right. not only talking about the book, but you know, that intersection, what I ended up with, was this wonderful intersection of storytelling between um, the book and the songs. The songs tell the, the story too, in a different, in a more musical, lyrical, and rhythmic way. Yeah,
0: that's cool. I yeah, you had to re- reverse engineer your songs to uh, figure out how to strip yeah, them Yeah, so down. and they don't, they don't. So.
1: I don't know. If they all translate to just yeah. me and a guitar. I mean, you and could I have def-
0: a track too that you play along yeah that's just a skill
1: to me <laughs> you know i've i've thought about that and i've even done i've i experimented doing like a couple gigs with like the looping pedal and stuff and all it takes is one looping pedal
0: disaster <laughs> to make you go ah yeah <laughs> there's some people who make it look so easy though so they do yeah. but
1: they i think they must put an immense amount
0: of time yeah, and effort into maybe. it maybe I saw KT Tunstall perform last summer and her whole thing is loop lots of loops and oh, man, cool. she she just kicks butt with it so
1: wow maybe
0: try it on one or two songs you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's what I'm thinking a little a,
1: yeah not through the whole thing
0: yeah. yeah yeah I could see that it could be a little bit terrifying if uh maybe have a your backup version ready <laughs>
1: exactly that's what happened when i did it live once I, I i was totally that's how i had practiced it with this part is going to be looped and this part and i'm going to come in with this and then i'm going to add this second loop and when the looping pillow got stuck and i was not prepared yeah to, oh it was horrible You're but, like skip you know. that song <laughs> <laughs> and i could and i've always said like you can never everything that can possibly go wrong to a musician on stage has happened to me like nothing scares me I get up there I get there I go on stage so confident because I've experienced everything you know from your pants ripping to you know somebody handing you an out of tune instrument so nothing scares me I've been through it yeah uh, but I hadn't been through that
0: (laughs) but you know I think well yeah as you progress over many years you realize like some of those things that happen are the things that people like remember in an endearing way, you know, it's oh, like, yeah. okay, I feel special because I witnessed this time when Kathy's looping pedal didn't work and here's what she did. She was great. You know? Well, um, that's the
1: whole thing. Yeah. It's like, you, you I think for me, I think, I think probably young people are a lot more, uh, not like this, but for me, just part of my childhood, my growing up and my moat was always to, um, not show weakness or vulnerability mm. or it's like everything has to, I was just really kind of always had this construct that I was okay. I'm fine. Everything's good. And that's how I went through life because that was how I thought you survived, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so I think being able to like laugh off a of, you know, mistakes and things like that or things going wrong, just kind of comes about with not being afraid to show your that you're human and you're fallible and
0: yeah and 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 like i said like you learn like hey i'm not gonna die if if this happens you know you deal with it but no one's gonna die it's okay (laughs) (laughs) but it is a hard lesson for sure i mean i I think all of us still come across those moments when we're like oh my god what do i do now (laughs) Um, but but yeah um can you just share a little bit more about your your songwriting process for the album did you did you know which elements you were going to write about like how did you decide where to go with the songs? well I decided
1: first of all I thought my chapter titles all felt like song titles Mm -hmm. and as a songwriter I'm I always am very attached to the idea of the title. Like it's, it never feels like it's really a song until I have a title. Cause to me, the title is the seed concept of what I'm mm-hmm. going to hang everything on. I, and that the same with my book, I was going insane with my book that I didn't have a title, like writing an entire, oh, and I was coming up with all these, you know, ideas, and all I ever wanted had come up, but I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to reference. Anyway, whatever. So a lot of the titles felt like song titles. And then I would just look at the chapter and if it had, it would just kind of be like, did it? Did I feel that pull? And a lot of them I did. And the first one was um, from a chapter called Just Do It, where I wrote about uh, being 14 years old and hitchhiking to Houston and getting in a bad situation where I was Basically raped and mm-hmm. and writing it in the chapter had one level of of uh, it was difficult you know really getting in touch with that because in my mind you know back as I was saying back then I'm all about like you're strong you just move on you put it behind yeah. you you don't mm-hmm. think about it after all you were the dumbass that hitchhiked to Houston at 14 after all you were the dumb and mm-hmm. at the very end of it when the guy wasn't going to leave me alone. I I just said I go just do it. I mm-hmm. remember it so clearly. I was like just do it. I just wanted him to leave me alone, and I knew he wasn't going to stop. So writing about it was one thing, but when I wrote the music, oh my God, I it the just the melody and the chords and the feeling that I was tapping into, it just let loose this torrent of um, grieving and mourning, like wow. and really getting in touch with when I said just do it, it was a way of, of trying to keep some kind of empowerment when yeah. you're completely overpowered and you know you're not going to get away or get out of it. And and it, was, it just felt so sad to me that as a 14-year-old, you know, that nobody was looking out for me. It just tapped into a lot. So that was one – and that, that became the um, the standard right there. Like when I could really feel something about – and mm-hmm. as I would play different tracks to people, I started noticing which which ones really seemed to affect them. And so many people would just sit there like crying or they'd wow. say, turn, turn it off, turn it off. And they'd have to like absorb it for a minute and then they go, okay, you can play it now. So I thought, wow, this is super intense. I've never really had this, my songwriting have this effect on people before. So then I didn't want it to be all like, big bummer stuff so i (laughs) i tried to to find like okay where's chapters where i felt like like the prologue has a it's called hullabaloo and it it was so important to me when i was writing the book to capture and have my reader really know what i was feeling like Mm -hmm. i didn't want to be like hey and guess what happened to me then and oh you're not gonna believe then this happened i wanted my reader to be along with me standing next to me really going oh this is what she felt like. I know that feeling. I felt like that. I wanted that to be our journey, me and my reader. Mm-hmm. So when I captured that exhilaration on stage, with the first time I got on stage with the Go-Go's and I was doing eight shows in a row and I'm 21 years old and this is all I ever wanted. Pardon mm-hmm. me. Um And this is why I moved to LA and I had gotten to do a lot of cool things as a musician, but I hadn't got to be on stage with four like-minded women Mm -hmm. where the crowd was sold out and they were going nuts and people loved this. I just hadn't experienced that. So I got those feelings on the page and I thought, man, this would be a fun song to, a fun track to do. And so I did this almost practically instrumental hullabaloo soundtrack to that. And I just, I just love it. It's just fun. It it captures. And I would go back to the, and sometimes I would pull text out of the chapter. I never read really straight out of the book, Mm -hmm. like spoken word. But I would pull phrases, because I tended to write a little lyrically anyway. And I would just pull phrases and make them fit the beat or fit with the groove or something like that. It was really so much fun. I mean, I want to do more of it. I want to do more. I want to one day, I want to do a collection of short stories mm-hmm. and do an entire album to go with them.
0: That, that's, that's so by cool. I, I love that. Like I'm picturing that in my mind of <laughs> you, you know, reading and thinking about the phrase and the feeling and uh, I, that's, that's really cool. Uh, I love it. Um, and it. And as a songwriter at writing a book, I found that my
1: songwriting experience kept seeping into like you know, when you write a song and you hit a great phrase and it's kind of a hook, you tend to repeat it, you know, you tend to be like, you don't want, you want that to lodge in the listener's head and this is cool and nobody wants to hear that line one time, uh, you know, can't always get what you want, you don't want to just say that one time, (laughs) Um, so I would do that writing like I would end a paragraph with this strong phrase and then I would be like I got to do that again and I would pick up the next paragraph with that same phrase and my first uh, editor was like oh you just said that you
0: know strike, strike you know you just said that and I'm like yeah I know
1: I just said it and I'm saying it again cuz it's fucking good
0: <laughs> Yeah completely different perspective on the writing than your editor had I'm sure <laughs> So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and
1: making the sound. I'm so glad you brought it up because, like I was saying, it tends to get a little lost in the in the the noise around pushing a new release. And mm-hmm. because it's not like, oh, here's my new solo album. Yeah, it, yeah. It really is. I mean, I think it stands on its own. But if you just got it, as you might go, what is this? This is weird. This isn't because I didn't have to adhere to the constructs of. Of standard songwriting because it was a soundtrack yeah, I felt very yeah. very free I could I didn't have to go verse verse chorus pre-chorus or whatever to the bridge and mm-hmm. come in at the the B part of the you know there was nothing like that it was like yeah
0: I mean a different purpose right it's not like you were writing it to become a single it was uh yeah you know, more so to, more really to like evoke a vocal feeling and you know. Yeah. 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 And, and I tried to do
1: that musically, too. I did try to capture like I wrote a soundtrack to this chapter called Camouflage where I wrote about a home invasion robbery and it was terrifying and it was sad because the, the Go-Go's had just broken up. And so not only had I lost my livelihood and my band and everything that was important to me, I now had had this horrific, terrifying incident, oh my uh, an incident in my home. Like, just a few months later, so I don't even feel safe in my home, and it was really sad and and scary and all this. So I got to, like, like try to bring that in musically, bring in that melancholy and the fear and the mm-hmm, tension. Mm-hmm. And the, so it was really fun. Yeah. I can't even tell it's you how fun cool. it was.
0: Well, I, I mean, I I listened to a lot of it. I didn't have a chance to listen to the whole thing, but I, I, I liked it as standalone songs, too. I thought it was cool. Um, and and, and I liked like your style was very you you know it's like I didn't listen to her and say oh this sounds like you know she's so-and-so yeah yeah, well that's
1: that's that's great because you know I I think it just I felt really free to just do whatever I wanted and you know I don't have any illusions at 61 years old that I'm gonna you know have a, a record that gets the most streams on spotify or gets in the billboard charts so it's and on one in one respect it's super freeing
0: yeah yeah so you you've been doing kind of like a virtual book tour right like how's it going it's going as well
1: as could be expected really um i've i've managed to you know get some really interesting cool partners that that appear with me and kind of moderate or discuss Mm. or or interview and each, you know, the dynamics always different and they've all been, I have, you know, a a gang of people that kind of shows up to all of them. And to me, the fact that they keep showing up is great because it just shows that they're all different. I don't have stock answers. It's really about the chemistry and the dynamic between who I'm talking with. And, you know, I think the only thing I miss is doing more music because Mm -hmm. a lot of Mm -hmm. them are on zoom and, and it's not, there's latency, like a lot of, like we were talking about at the beginning, a lot of the musical stuff people see on zoom is, is pre-recorded. Yeah. You know, and we don't really have that
0: capacity. I think I did something
1: live on a, a live Instagram talk. So that worked okay.
0: You know, it's interesting. We've been doing a live streaming music series with parade magazine and, uh, when you see it on Zoom, like we use Zoom for the interface, but Zoom, everything sounds terrible on Zoom. But when yeah. you, we connect it to Facebook, so yeah. it's just our front end interface, when we connect yeah. it to Facebook, it all sounds okay. So it's, I don't know, there's something about the Zoom pre- presentation window that makes all the audio there's- sound terrible. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I think Linda Perry's doing some amazing yeah. stuff yeah, she with that. Uh, yeah. But it's on YouTube,
0: I think. Yeah. It's YouTube Live. So YouTube sounds it, better for yeah, sure. If yeah. If
1: I I mean if I could I would just dive in and start getting on that learning curve, but honestly, I just kinda wanna keep it's like how much between social media and yeah. this and that, <laughs> it's like how much time do you really wanna be like not creating yeah agree
0: agree and
1: it's I know it's important and I know that yet the young artists that I know they spend a massive amount of time you know building that presence and that's Mm -hmm. how you succeed now but I just don't know if I just I, I guess because I'm older and I just feel like I've got a finite amount of time that I can create and I've found this whole new avenue of creating and writing and still always making music but it's like do I really want to spend hours and hours figuring out how to do a great live stream I wish somebody would just
0: come you need an intern for me that's what you need you (laughs) just need to hire an intern and let them figure it out for you (laughs) that's
1: probably what a lot of people are doing because I noticed it's all like the the people that have means at their disposal yeah
0: you know or you know get a college student to to just set it up for you and then well whatever It That'd works. Awesome. I have a college yeah. student for a son, so he does a lot of stuff for me. <laughs> well, there you go. Built-in, built-in tech support. Hey, so were you? I think I read that the Go Go's documentary was at Sundance this year. Is that right?
1: Yes, that's the yes. last time um, we got together, and it was a, a wonderful premiere. And the whole band was there, which is rare because everybody lives in different cities and two people live in different countries yeah wow so it's it's you know like our diehard fans are always saying why don't you this why don't you that and it's like really I mean it's incredible that we get anything done as a band (laughs) so we showed up for that and it was awesome it was just very emotional and very healing and we're still even in our 60s finding new ways to grow and let go and forgive and let go of past resentments and things that you might have done to hurt someone's feelings when you were 23 and don't even know that you hurt their feelings and yet yeah they've they've like had a grudge for decades you know anyway there's this it's like families you know you hurt my feelings At the Thanksgiving dinner, you know, in
0: 1986. And And you're like, what?
1: So it's very much like a family. But at at that instant, with that documentary, it just, it opened the the door for a lot of uh, wonderful kind of just celebrating, celebrating who we are and what we did. And it was awesome. And it's going to be on Showtime August First I believe oh
0: awesome yeah I was gonna have, ask when can and, when and where can we see this so in fact our windows for in fact we were supposed
1: to be like um involved in the she rocks thing in yeah. January <laughs> and our windows are so small to do anything yeah. Yeah. you know it's like we couldn't it's like it, and it's it's frustrating I mean being in a band for me is the most wonderful thing I love being in a band but it's also super frustrating because when you're a band is like a really dysfunctional democracy and Mm -hmm. there's not a dictator but at the same time if one person doesn't want to do something in a way they are the dictator because we can't do it without them right you know so it's like you have this democracy yet it's not really because if it was a true democracy if three people out of five want to do something that'd be the end of it yeah but but nobody wants to Nobody wants to do something with somebody that doesn't want to be
0: there anyway. So is- That's true. Well we're <laughs> gonna make that happen one day anyway. We haven't given up on you guys to be at the She Rocks oh, Awards. <laughs> You can always give it to me. I'll show up for sure. I'll be our first person, (laughs) accepting on behalf of on behalf of the Go (laughs) Go's.
1: You know, I have stepped out front. I know I'm just the bass player, but here I am. You're just
0: the bass player, yeah. (laughs) Oh, and the hit writer. Excuse me. Of course, and many other things. I mean, I was looking at your website. You do so many things: um, acting and speaking I did In my and, yeah. first
1: acting experience I did not want to do it the person pursued me relentlessly wow. and I, was like, I was like no 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 that's not me I don't want to do that and finally I was like okay and it was just amazing I had the best time it was so I don't think the film I don't know if it even got distribution but I just had the best time yeah it was so much fun and you know doing something challenging and and new and scaring yourself a little when you get in your 50s and Mm -hmm. I'm 61 it's it's such a a great way to keep that kind of I don't know on your toes feeling you know
0: well it's so interesting too that we like have these definitions of ourselves based on you know what we've done and what we think we can do and when Mm -hmm. you step outside of that and do something that you never thought you could do or hadn't even thought about it challenges that definition that you have of yourself and a lot of times in a good way, you know? Yeah. I think it's really
1: important and I think it's an important message to put out to women, you know, that are going to end up in the same place. You know, there's a lot of women that they're going to end up being 61 and they might be 38 or 35 or in their twenties now. And I like I like someone to look at me and go, Hey, I can, I can still be doing all kinds of new things and creating new things. And it's not some, like, it's, I'm not tied to my youth or my hotness or my, you know, beauty or mm-hmm. that, you know, supposed energy level that's only associated. You know, I, I just, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's an important thing for for mm.
0: people to to keep, you know, putting out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been so great to talk to you, and um, wishing you all the best. And yeah, one day we're gonna meet up in person Absolutely. when we're allowed to do that again. <laughs> yes. Well, I enjoy talking to you too. I feel like I know
1: you. So that's that a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah.
0: So, um, yeah. Best of luck with the book and uh, and your music. And yeah, we'll be in touch again. I'm sure. Great. Okay. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye bye.